Hello, everybody, and welcome to Three Point Perspective, the podcast about illustration, how to do it, how to make a living at it, and how to make an impact in the world with your art. This is my first time doing it without reading it. <laughs> so it's a little... <laughs> Pretty good. Little, yeah, little step. Anyways, I'm Jake Parker, and... I'm Lee White. And I'm Will Terry, and all three of us are having fun with this podcast. <laughs> and we've all been illustrators for about the last... 25 years or something like that. Long time. See, I'm not reading it either. <laughs> you guys all, are sad. We've, we've, to the, together, we've all illustrated somewhere in the neighborhood of about 50 books, children's books. And uh, we are happy to be here. <laughs> Each great. week we're going to, this is a mess. Each week we're going to come at you with a different topic. And sometimes we're going to argue. Sometimes we're going to agree. But you're always going to learn something fascinating and new. I think Lee, na- Lee nailed it. Very good. Very good, everybody. Well, uh, just so you guys know, not you, uh, Will and Lee, but our listeners, uh, this is our first time recording this podcast where we're all three in different states. So I'm down in Arizona, Will's up in Utah, and Lee's out in Kentucky. Corn Tucky. And- <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. He's in Tennessee. He's in Tennessee. Uh Anyways, so, yeah, they, yeah, they're, they're going to be happy because there's no echo. We always had a problem with Jake and Will being in the same studio. So this is the first time I can actually hear you guys clearly. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, most it's of the time that, I would that, hear that. like a little delay and echo. Mm-hmm. Um, almost sound like you guys are both in a cave a little bit. Mm. So this is this is a luxury for me to be able to understand you for once. Cool. Well, let me uh, give you guys some advice, life advice. Never move. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> How did it go, Jake? So Jake spent the last week in a truck, and he's now in an apartment. He's been unloading and loading and loading and unloading. Well, and- yeah, it, Allison was like, we can do this the cheap way, or we could do this the hard way. <laughs> and, I, and I chose the hard way. Nice. Uh, yeah. But we did save thousands of dollars, but we rented two U-Haul trucks. We put one car on a trailer. Uh, and then we caravan down, um, my wife driving one truck, I was driving another truck and my sister was driving our, our car, our family car. And so, uh, we drove down, we did it all in one day from, from Provo down to, um, Gilbert, Arizona. It was like, a we could only go a maximum 55, maybe 60 miles an hour. Just awesome. That was a long day. It was a long day, but we did it about 13 or 14 hours. We got, we left at 5 a.m. We got there at 10 p.m. And then we unloaded a truck. Wow. <laughs> into wow. Our, our apartment. And, uh, and then hasn't the next my, day. Hasn't my bad back been a cautionary tale for you, Jake? <laughs> well. You're just like good for it. I got some friends to show up, some old Arizona friends and some family to show up and help. So so that was good. The next day, though, it was 111 degrees for the high. (laughs) And and we unloaded our second truck into a storage unit because that's where we haven't found a house yet. So um, that all our house stuff is going into the storage unit until we can move it into a house like made you know, furniture and, you know, dining room table and stuff like that. Um, but in that truck, it must have been 130 degrees. I don't know. It was, it was, <laughs> there's no air conditioning in the truck. <laughs> no, 
no, no, in the back of the truck. Oh, in the back. Yeah, in the front yeah. was fine. So there's that. The other thing that's interesting about Arizona is your body feels like a dry sponge. As soon as you, it feels like as soon as you step over that state line, you just start getting dry and you're thirsty all the time. Uh. You just need water. You need water. I drink, I probably drink a gallon, gallon and a half of water for two days, you know, each day. And I went to the bathroom maybe once. (laughs) It was just, it was just like sweating out of me and evaporating out of me. So now my body's kind of acclimated to it. We have a high of 75 today. Oh my gosh. That's nice. Yeah. Every every place has a pro and a con. Everybody should realize that at this point. So Jake's, Jake's just holding on to winter where he can rub our face in it. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Let's talk in February. Will. um, it actually was 75 this morning when I went on my run. It was nice. There was a breeze, a little bit of a overcast. So I was like, this is good. I could, I could live with this. This is nice. And then what's great about living in an apartment temporary is we have this nice pool at the center of the apartment. And every day we've just been going there for like an hour and cooling off. By the time we walk back to the apartment, we're like dry again. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's the perfect way to, to like end the day and cool off. <laughs> anyway, that's my life update. Should we get down to? I mean, uh, let's get down. Let's get into it because it's, it's a perfect moving. segue. <laughs> perfect <laughs> segue are, are we, into our topic today. Yeah, um, what are we talking about today? We're talking about. You ready for my little song? Changes. <laughs> oh boy! Mm-hmm. I thought we made a rule that you can't sing anymore. Changes. I don't know any other words to that song. I mean, it's so, such a popular song. No, I mean, I wrote that song. That's my new song. Okay. There's no okay. copyright infringement there at all. All right. So the topic is change. <laughs> changes today. The topic is changes. So I'm going to go into a little little story. I'll I'll lead mm-hmm. us in, and then I'll start asking you guys some questions. So so Great. shut up. And let me talk. <laughs> um, so this topic was, uh, you know, with Jake moving and everything, there is some changes going on at, at SVS too, and and within our our um, the way we film and all this stuff that we were just talking about. But there was a couple of podcasts ago, or maybe the last podcast, I can't remember. Jake had challenged me to um, to draw Batman, and I didn't know how I was going to handle it. I have drawn Batman. Um, since and we'll put we'll we'll post some of these images I guess uh, uh, with our podcast. But when I was coming into it, it was really weird because I I'm not somebody who draws superheroes. I'm I've never drawn a superhero, and that was the challenge, right? I don't know how I was going to handle it, and it was so weird because it sort of freed me up. Like I'm not a person who draws that subject matter. So I didn't actually come to it by saying, how am I going to put it into my style? I don't know why I didn't think of that, but I, the way that I approached it is I'm free to do anything I want to here. And so I thought, you know, now's my opportunity. I'm going to make a palette change. I might try a different technique. And I started, started thinking about some people that have um, influenced me. There's this really funny uh, watercolorist. He's a European guy. His name's, um, what's his name? Alejandro Castagnet. And this guy, a couple of years ago, I got a video from him when I was just learning how to do watercolor. And he's, he's European in every sense of the word, like in, in the best way possible. He's this Italian guy and he, he's, he's very, um, very just European. Like his style is, his style of instruction is if you want to paint, you just paint it. 
don't worry you just paint it if there's a building you paint the building like that's the level of detail <laughs> and it's great because he's so good i mean he's such a pro but he's a terrible teacher but i, I just love <laughs> i loved how he um just his vibrato and he was just so confident and, and i don't know it was just such a fine art way of painting versus the way me and will and jake kind of teach and the way that we think i think um so i came up a couple a number of years back just joking around with doing all these art fairs um an alter ego my alter ego mm. is antonio blanco because <laughs> my middle mm. name is anthony <laughs> and that was my kind of answer to uh alejandro castagnet is you know uh, antonio blanco paints the landscape and this has just kind of been a joke with me and my wife because we do all these art fairs but my work is still very very much illustration but i started leaning into that persona with this batman piece for some reason and so i painted this piece and um, a lot of people responded to it but i got more likes of course on instagram than any of any image I've ever done before. And I think half of that was from Batman. But I noticed a lot of people talking about the background. And the way that I approached this was a very, very fine art way of dealing with the subject matter. And that was probably a response too. I've been doing a lot of very technical um, children's books changes over the last year. Haven't been able to go to final art. And I was just like, I just want to paint. I just want to paint. And mm -hmm. so Antonio Blanco shows up. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, I, and so even the palette, I was like, you know what? I, I, I use the, like the same palette over and over, I started getting some different ideas with, with some palette changes I wanted to make, and I painted this image. And a lot of people responded to the background, which was all these buildings and stuff. So the next image I made, I kind of like embraced this style um, and, and started to kind of lean into it. Like, okay, like, well, all of a sudden some, I won't say chains came off, but all of a sudden I was sort of freed up in a way that I hadn't been freed up. I'm going to send this this uh, image to Jake and Will right now. I'll, I'll, we'll put this on the uh the the, uh, the show notes as well but so my next piece was a cityscape you guys are going to laugh at this so where i got my palette from was a friend of mine had just bought some tools <laughs> did you guys get that text and so yeah so he had sent me this picture of these tools in this tool bag that he got and i was like you know what that i'm just going to use random shots from life as my palette instead of me picking colors that i normally pick you know everybody has kind of a palette that they use i, I used this color and i started kind of doing that uh, -huh. uh changing my palette and you guys see the relationship there between those two images yeah yeah um it, can you share your screen for for the youtube oh oh yeah 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 sorry um okay so if you're watching this on our youtube channel i forgot you, that we were uh, just forgot see it on the screen that. this is interesting you've got like I, I saw this piece when you posted on Instagram. I was like, "Oh, that is cool. I like, I like the 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 palette that you're doing there." And of course, the composition and like the approach to it reminded me of the Batman piece. But I didn't know it was based on <laughs> this bag of tools. <laughs> it's a bag of tools. That's funny. <laughs> oh, okay. So I can't I can't stop my share here. There we go. Um. So so anyway. So so I started to to change. Um. And uh, I made a bunch of new images and they are so far outside of what I do for illustration. And I don't know what it was, but I was just all of a sudden freed up to start making these marks. Now, Jake, I don't know if you remember this, but Jake was in my studio a couple of years back and I pulled up all these old like uh, Rothko's and, and Rauschenberg images, you know, fa famous artists from, you know, a long time ago, but way different style. Do you remember that, Jake? And I said, I don't know yeah. what I'm going to do with these, but mm -hmm. they were just kind of percolating back there. Yeah, okay. yeah all that stuff started to kind of influence this new thing. And I just felt like the shackles were off again, the chains were off. I don't know why and where the chains came from, 
But I made a bunch of new images and I just threw them up on Instagram. You guys can see them on my Instagram page if you want to, or I'll post some to the show notes or whatever. But um, so the that was like two only like two weeks ago, and all of a sudden, and, and it's so not me. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden, I started getting commission requests. Hmm. And my agent sent me a message saying, I love this new work. I think it'd be great for covers. Let me start using for that. And then I got a gallery that was interested. And it's so funny because I really do feel like I stepped outside myself and um, sort of, I don't want to say reinvented myself, but just if if it wasn't for the Batman image, I wouldn't have done it. And uh, I wouldn't have had the freedom to do it. And so I just started thinking about how people change, um, why people change, um, and it's interesting. So I'm going to invite Jake and Will in in just a second. One of the things that we do here is we use quotes to make ourselves seem smarter. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give you guys a good quote. This is going to make me <laughs> seem so smart. This is from, this is from Ralph Waldo Emerson um, on the topic of change. Uh, it says, a foolish consistency is a hobgoblin of little minds adorned by little statements and philosophers. With consistency, a great soul simply has nothing to do. He may well concern himself with a shadow on the wall. Speak what you think now in hard words, and tomorrow speak and tomorrow speak what tomorrow thinks in hard words again, even if it contradicts what you said today. Hmm. Mm. And I just love that. And so that was that was the kind of the the first thing I started thinking about is why don't people change or why do we struggle with change? And one of the things that I came up with is we have this idea that people think about us in a certain way. Maybe we have that idea about ourselves, that we are a certain way. And we, for Mm -hmm. some reason, want to fulfill that for other people and for ourselves too. Um, And the weird thing is no one cares. Like when I made the change on Instagram, you know, started posting these new images that are outside, nobody said, hey, bro, you're not that. You got to go back. (laughs) No one cares. (laughs) My agent didn't say, hey, that's, that's way out of line with who you are. No. And then I realized nobody cares except for me. You know, my, if, if I had to label myself, uh, before, I would say I'm, I'm a children's book illustrator. I make whimsical images in watercolor. That's kind of my nutshell mm-hmm. statement. Um, now you've got the power of the Antonio Blanco. Now i got Antonio Blanco. I can do whatever the <laughs> heck I want to do. <laughs> it's funny to me that you had to create a whole new persona, like a whole new person in order to to do that. And maybe that's maybe that's part of the magic there. Well, like, there, as we get down into it, I'm going to go into some techniques on how you change. But I, I, I will mm. preempt that with saying that was huge because mm-hmm. Lee White has to work a certain way. But Antonio Blanco does not have to be confined. You cannot define <laughs> Antonio Blanco. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> um, so, so I want to ask you guys some questions about, about changes and, 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 and change just that I've noticed in you guys. And you guys can elaborate on it, too. I'll start with Will. Um, Will, you made a huge stylistic change when you went to that pencil work. What prompted that, um, and how do you think you've changed because of that? Yeah, so, I mean, we have always been, as illustrators, kind of taught to get a style and that the most successful illustrators are known by the one thing they do really well. And so I was, I've always been, I've, I've often seen other styles and thought, oh, if I could, if I, if I had the freedom to change and do something different, I would work in something like this. I'd get really, you know, jealous or envious of someone else's style, you know, or, or maybe I'd say, well, maybe I'd experiment and combine this with that. What, what actually was the Genesis was kind of like what you're talking about, which was looking at another completely different market and going, okay, well, I don't have a track record in 
the comic book uh, convention scene. Nobody knows me there. I'm totally free to do anything different. Right. And when I wa- when I walk through the the convention floor, I saw that there was uh, illustrators aren't always the best designers. <laughs> you know, <laughs> true. We're, we're not the we're mm-hmm. not oh like we're 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 good at designing the image. We're not necessarily good at designing um, a retail space. So I, I noticed a couple things. One, there was tons of color everywhere, and two. It was not designed very well, so it looked like uh, a yard sale in a lot of ways. And I thought, mm-hmm. I need to create a little boutique look that's totally different. So my first thought was I'll go black and white. And in going black and white to, to basically go 180 degrees from color, I thought, well, I'll work in a cross-hatching style just because it was comfortable and I had done it before. But it was totally different. I never done it before. And... Um, it worked. And then, and I've talked about this on the podcast before it actually got me the Bonaparte children's book series through random house, which where they specifically asked for that new style. So I wouldn't be doing that series without having gone through a, a, this transformation kind of thing. Not that I'm, I'm not did leaving you, the other you, style. Did you feel like it changed who, you know how most illustrators and artists feel like they are their art there's no separation between them and art did Uh you feel separate from yourself or did it is that now just an extension of who you are how does that relate to who how you think of yourself i i feel like my approach to the drawing is the same Uh, so i feel like there's a lot of similarity there it does feel weird to display both styles on my website but at this point i've i've kind of just really embraced it um it, it was awkward in the beginning, but now I'm are also seeing, you know, I could do other things. And, and, um, you know, one of the things that I've just decided to do right now is to write a book. I'm not at the stage where I can announce what it is, but. You're talking a picture book? No. What? No, it's not a picture what book. What are you talking about? I'm writing a book. It's not <laughs> who you are. <laughs> Can't do that. Yeah, I'm not allowed to do that, right? You give me permission. <laughs> I never, I didn't go, I wasn't an English major in school. I, uh. Uh, yeah. So I think I want to hear more about that. Well, we later, we will definitely talk more about that in the future, but yeah, I think, um, in general change is is uncomfortable because it's more comforting. In fact, I just, I wrote in my book today on this very topic, ironically, that, um, as an artist, uh, if you're, if you're really creating art, you have to take risks. If you have to take risks, you have to go down paths that are not necessarily conventional, that that aren't paths that are pre-prescribed. They're not things that you're familiar with. They're things that you're unfamiliar with. And in doing mm-hmm. so, sometimes you have to let go of the things that are familiar and comfortable and in pursuit of those other things. So if I if I've looked over the, you know, all the artists that I've ever known, the most successful ones, I would say. And the ones that have had the longest lasting careers are the ones that have made changes. And you can look at that through art history too. You can see different artists that had different periods that are, that are named periods in their artistic journey by art historians. You know? Did you have any reaction from people who expected your more colorful style when, when you made the change? Did anybody try to push you back in that box at all or did people were people just nobody care like i was talking about i mean if you're watching us on youtube you can see behind me i've got this this poster of the tin man behind me and i actually slowly started adding little spot colors back in and over time people did want to see more color but a lot of people do want 
did like the black and white stuff as well. I I had people on Facebook saying they really liked the new direction, but they also liked my other direction, my other art style better. Mm-hmm. But that they still bought the book and their kids loved it and all that. And you know, I think it's hard for it's it was it's really hard for me. I've seen artists go through dramatic changes, and I've fallen in love with the work that they did. You know, when I first saw them, and most most of the changes. I'd have to say I don't like as much as the stuff I've fallen in love with. Mm-hmm. But to be true to yourself as an artist, you've got to follow that mm-hmm. that desire, I think. I'm going to ask yeah. you guys specifically about that in a little bit. We're going to bag okay. on some people. So you guys, I know the audience loves that. Um, let's switch our attention. I feel like such a narrator right now, host. Jake, let's switch our attention to Jake Parker now. Um, Jake, your little bot images, I noticed, especially the old ones, like the, like when you showed at, um, at Nucleus and stuff, it almost had like a like a sort of an atmospheric kind of black and white drawing mm-hmm. style. And that's mm-hmm. so different from your Skyheart, kind of look that's that has a little more line influence and definitely more comic influence um do you find yourself battling between those two or do you consider yourself just to be those two how do you kind of navigate that yeah so i have a handful of styles that i dip into uh and i and i decide basically what's best for the project um almost like you wouldn't film jurassic park the same way you would film schindler's list you know you look at steven spielberg right and he did one in black and white. You you almost wouldn't even know that I was the same director, right? Um, but uh, uh, there's certain tells, you know, that's, that tell you it's a Steven Spielberg film. Usually, you know, in the opening sequences, you'll see like close-ups where it's you know like a a mid shot of like a keychain, you know, on someone's pant leg or or you know or a belt loop or something like that. You see that in in all of his films. Um, where he does, there's not a lot of context and he really just wants you focusing on not characters, but on like that moment. And that's how, you know, it's a Steven Spielberg, uh, sort of thing that's happening there, but he will change up, um, style, uh, you know, uh, from film to film, depending on what that film needs. And I, I'm not saying I'm Steven Spielberg or anything close, but, um, that idea, if the, yeah, if the style calls for, um, something more rendered and painterly, I'll do it. If it calls for something more, um, you know, linear based and, and popping colors, I'll, I'll do that. And so <clears throat> that's, what's kept, I feel like keeps me fresh for, for different projects is I know I'm going to be trying something different and working on, uh, you know, working in something completely different than what I did last time. But what I have found is that there's some styles that, uh and mediums that i just really enjoy working in and and do you worry that your you, clients will not be happy with that like if you say hey this is a rendered style and they're like hey wait a second we want that skyheart look um, oh, always, i always go into that first uh, you know they i'll ask them i'll say okay you're you're hiring me for this specific thing but you know I, uh you'll say you like my work but what specifically about my work do you like do you want this style this style or this style and they'll come back and say oh we were thinking this usually i'll just ask send me a few samples of work that you've seen that i've done and and that you like the best and then i'll see that and I'll now know. now what if they sent you the skyheart images but you were picturing it as as the little bot painterly style and how do you have that discussion 
I'll have that discussion before I ever say yes or commit to the project. You say, hey, I'm seeing it a little differently than that. And yeah, yeah. like, like, I'll just say, hey, I'm only interested in this project if I can do it in this style, mm. you know, but sometimes it's like, uh, it's less about the style and it's more about the subject matter. And so, I'll, you know, I'm more interested in the subject matter than in, in the style. Um, so right. I, I've, I, and, and what's cool is, is I went through this phase from my late 20s, mid 20s to like mid 30s, where it was about 10 years there, where I just tried a bunch of things. Mm -hmm. I was doing all kinds of stuff. I was trying like watercolor and watercolor and ink and pencil rendering and pencil rendering with Photoshop and um, different filters in Photoshop with my inking and, and just experimental phase. Now it's funny cause I did the same thing and still do the sort of the same thing too. Very, very mm -hmm. experimental. I noticed that when I was posting, cause me and me and Will and Jake chat all the time on, on text. And I was sending these images like, Hey guys, I don't know why I'm liking these weird. I started doing a bunch of landscapes and stuff too. And I noticed that mm -hmm. Jake was quick to jump on. He's like, Hey, I want to try some. And he just dove right in and did one too. Um, yeah. So I noticed that you kind of have that, that personality did i see yours jake the the arizona one i did a picture of arizona like i i'll um i haven't posted it, it anywhere i guess you have it you, oh so you didn't put it in the text no it was in the chat you probably couldn't see it because you're on pc I, oh <laughs> there, there it there. is <laughs> there you have it folks it's a my this is the yeah, kind I of abuse well. I take on a daily basis <laughs> Me and Jake have an entirely whole visual thread that's going on. You can't see any of it. <laughs> um, no, but I watching you do this, what you've been doing lately, Lee, it's really gotten me want, wanting to try something completely different, something less illustrative and more gallery-ish, you know? I can't wait um, to see what that would look like from you. Who knows? Who knows what it'll be? But um, I'm totally going to copy you. Do exactly hey, do it. do it. I'm curious because you yeah. got to kind of lean in and figure it out and, and, and find new influences and all, all of it. You know what I mean? It's really yeah. exciting to kind of, kind of do that. I've kind of identified two personality types and those are the people that are super quick to change and adapt it. And there's problems that go along with that too, by the way, on which I'll talk about in a mm -hmm. bit. And then there's the slow adapters um, that are comfortable in what they do. And it takes them a lot longer to kind of get that ball rolling or even be even to make the move they it could be a year's process where they're thinking about something before they actually do something well where do you lie on that spectrum you think as far as change the the openness to change how quick are you to adapt change um i um, mean you, you i think i'm less on the adaptive side than you are but yeah i'm learning i, I, it, it I, took, I have to I was just going to interject that some of my, most of my favorite artists are people who have a set style that they've sort of locked into. And, and I like seeing what they're going to do and different, very, not, not that they vary, they have variations on that style, but that they, um, I want to see what subject matter they're going to tackle in that style. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, always interesting. Now, there, yeah, there's the, fun. there's the con though. Sometimes, sometimes your audience really will limit you to do a famous case of an audience limiting a, a painter is um, Alphonse Mucha. You guys, mm -hmm. everybody should know who he is. If you don't Google him and, and get a little bit of art history going. He's and like by the, the way, all you guys the should darling should, of the art history 
Yeah, well, you should the, study art history. Good. You should also study illustration history if you guys don't know some of the people we're going to bring up in this podcast. But so Muka was famous for this very, very decorative, flat art deco style. It's gorgeous. And and people still imitate it today. It's so funny because I see it pop pop up on Instagram. And it'll be this. I mean, there's a very specific way of doing hair mm-hmm. that Muka does. And um, and he defined himself. Um, he did that style and then, but he wanted to compete with John Singer Sargent. I don't know if you guys know this part of, of his history, but Mm-mm. he really mm-hmm. wanted to be a portrait painter in oil, like smushy oil paint. And he was begging, begging the clients and the community to accept him as that. And he wanted to be seen as a leader in that. And the community's like, no, man, you're doing those those stylized <laughs> yeah. drawings are too cool and uh, that's who you are and he he fought it his whole life wow i didn't know that yeah it's interesting he did he, in order to try to get over that he made these eight that's... i can't remember exactly what it is but eight to ten i think huge i'm talking like 120 feet wide paintings mm-hmm. wow was it um, called the slavic slavic exodus or something correct like that? yeah yeah they're huge and, and he they was like, are amazing. They're amazing. But he could amazing. not escape this this category he'd been put in. And I just want to make the distinction, too. We, we're using the word style, but I really wanted to, you guys to remember that we're talking about how you define yourself and how other people define you and your career. So don't get don't – get, um, I don't want to mix those messages up that we're just talking about style because this is about your perceived who you are and and more than just like, oh, which style am I, am I sort of drawing in? Um Steve Houston, same thing. He's a fine art painter who painted boxers. He wanted to paint something different. They're like, no, you're a boxer guy. So what do you do? What do you do? With, oh, and then there's one more example I want to give you guys. I want to ask your opinion about those three things. Um, uh, one of um, my friends who's on, on Facebook, or sorry, Instagram, is very well known for a certain kind of thing. And they get a lot of likes. I'm talking into the, you know, four to 8,000 likes per image. Mm-hmm. And they want to change. But when they make the change, now the likes go down to 100 or 200 or whatever instead of the 5,000. And then I noticed they made a change for like one or two images and they're right back into the other one where they're getting the big likes and stuff like that. How much of a driver is that for you guys? Like how would somebody get around that? Or how do you how do You, do you have that? to be true to yourself. I mean it's easy to ape yourself. And so – and that's that's what every artist struggles with I think that sees any level of success is they allow their audience to dictate what they're doing. And you have to be willing to take the risk to do what you want to do, to pursue what you want to do. Like I've, one of the things that I really want to do is paint, paint landscapes from nature. You do? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't want to do it as a career. Um, if nope. for some reason they turned out and people wanted to buy them, that, that would be awesome. I want to do it for me. Right. And, yeah, you've talked about this with me before. Yeah. I like your idea that I just want to break even. Like, yeah. if a painting can pay for the supplies of that painting, <laughs> like, yeah. I, you know. Right. Yeah. I mean, it bring, you're, what you're talking about is being authentic to yourself. I mean, if somebody just chases a style, like, okay, that's the hot style. I'm going to go that way. It comes across, in my opinion, as inauthentic. Yeah. You know? I haven't done it because I have <laughs> so many other things, other responsibilities and, you know, jobs and yeah. stuff and and now I'm throwing this book underneath that and uh, <laughs> but, but anytime you start something new you run that risk right of, of yeah. people rejecting it of people not accepting that yeah. idea and I guess you guys got to be mm-hmm. comfortable 
with that change. Matter of fact, some people called me out because remember on this very podcast, I said, why do you guys paint barns? Please stop painting barns. And then, so I, I painted like a couple of just boathouses, which are essentially barns, simpler on, the, barns. on stilts. Yeah. A boat barn. yeah. So people are like, Hey, wait, are you painting barns? And I'm like, wait until you see my superheroes in barn series. <laughs> 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 you just got to have fun with it because I'm not actually painting them for that. I'm, I'm kind of getting used to like what marks I want to make and how I'm handling edges and all that stuff. So it's kind of just a way to practice that stuff. Right. Um, but you got to be think, ready for it. You know what I mean? I, I think too, uh, as far as the likes going down, um, you, you got to be honest with yourself. Why do you create? Why do you? why do you paint is it to fulfill some sort of inner need or is it for like some sort of external acceptance and and if um and if those aren't you know if those are in conflict and clashing with each other then you're not going to be happy changing styles if if you're always worried about the likes right right uh, and i think i think it might be cool to kind of do what you what you did, and that is create your own persona. Uh, if if this is how you work, like you 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 yourself are so wrapped up in your art, which I don't think's uh, healthy. But if that's the way it is, then maybe you make a new persona for yourself, Antonio Blanco, or mm-hmm. you know maybe mine is uh, uh, Arizona Boy. No, we had you. We had your new name, Jake. I can't remember what (laughs) What it was during the text thread. It was something. Anyways, I'm not going to make up a name right here. But mine mine would be Billy Gordo. Billy Gordo. Okay, (laughs) I get it. Um, It sounds like a punk rock name, Billy Gordo and the. But you could tell yourself. You could tell yourself. Okay, Antonio Blanco is just starting out. He's not getting the same amount of likes, and that's okay. He's just starting out, right? And maybe that's a way to get to the point where you're at where you could just create for the sake of creating right and not it definitely uh, helped me it, i mean that method definitely helped me and it was it was funny because I've, I've actually done that in a couple of different areas and man you guys would be surprised at how good it works i'll give you another example because we are talking about an overall like i said understanding of yourself not just with art um this can work for people who you know your health and how you eat and how you work out or whatever so we talked about it before that i play nerdy nerdy disc golf one of the mm-hmm. hardest things about disc golf, it's kind of unique to regular golf and, and disc golf as well, is that it's one of the only sports, I guess, where you're by yourself, like you get to, to the green, there's a basket and you got to throw the, throw the disc into the basket. Putting mm-hmm. is what they call it, um, just like on a, on a golf green. Well, once you're there and you're like, you know, 25 feet away from this thing, everyone else is just standing there watching. And it's mm-hmm. very, very nervous, especially if 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 one if the tournament's on the line, or if you're tied with somebody or trying to catch somebody. It's a very, very nervous moment. And so, what typically would happen? I was a miss because I get so nervous, and and you see it all the time on even pro golfers do that. They miss like a five foot putt because it's there's so much pressure and riding things riding on mm-hmm. it. So I created this 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 um, persona, Johnny Chains. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I told myself, this is so goofy because I hadn't really connected it to, to all this stuff until this morning when I was making the notes. But I came up with this idea that Johnny Chains, when I walk up, Johnny Chains is not nervous about throwing, mm. whether it's for the tournament or however far away from the, from the, from the goal I am, it goes in. Johnny Chains does care. not worry about the pot. <laughs> and it's so funny because, I, you know, I'd be nervous, I'd be nervous, I'd be like, 
It was just so stupid talking to myself inside. No, I'm not saying this out loud to everybody because they think I'm a crazy right. person, but like Johnny chains don't miss. That's what I'd say. I'd step up and I'd hit it. And after I hit a couple of them, some, somebody said the line, he said, I knew you were going to make that. And from that point on, I never worried about it again. It was so weird that all I needed was just that whole little cycle to take place. And you can kind of do this in so many areas of your life if you just give yourself the permission to do it. Yeah, I like that. I like that. It's kind of fun. You know, but something. Um, oh, go ahead. I was going to say um, one of the things that always puzzles me is, about artists is that we we tr we we chose art. And we rebelled against, you know, becoming an accountant, a doctor, a lawyer, you know, a, a teacher, a, you know, sure, I mean, everything. I mean, yeah. Think of all the, the, I mean, you know, if you're, if you're in school and you're an art major, I mean, everyone kind of feels like you're, you're either not serious about making a living <laughs> Or you're just, right. or you're super serious, or you just, or you just really good, and you just know what you're, you're all about, and mm -hmm. and uh, but it's always like, oh, you know, it's like something different. So, so, so we cho we choose that, and we choose not to go the standard route, and then you, then this is the conversation we're having, is, are we getting, you know, stuck in our, are we afraid to make changes? Like, well, we already made the the biggest decision the to big become one, an artist. Yeah. So why not continue yeah. with that and and give yourself the the latitude to make make changes that and pursue things like you did early on. It's kind of like uh wasn't that Picasso who said uh we're all artists it's something about uh you know trying not to lose I can't remember the quote but hey sounding smart with a quote will only yeah, work. Yeah, you just killed it. You sound it, worse. It was if you ever, could say the actual quote. It's such a famous quote, but it's That there Picasso said something or other. Well, it's a, it's, yeah. it's trying to remain an artist as we're yeah. older, you know, and not forgetting. And I think that's that happens to uh illustrators and that's what we're talking about, right? Is that we we just get all of a sudden we get in the safe mode of wanting to just mm -hmm. make everything safe. And by doing so, another, another thought that I wrote about in my, for my book was that those same artists that are playing it safe, in my experience, most of them aren't artists anymore or aren't working as artists anymore. Correct. Mm -hmm. It falls they, If you guys, they've safe, Brad Holland, yeah, they yeah. Brad Holland themselves out of they it. They safe their way right on out. Um, they didn't, they didn't change. They didn't evolve. Yeah. Let's talk about the Brad, Brad Holland effect is what I call that. And that's Brad Holland. If you guys, again, don't know him, could look him up. He's very, very iconic and, and important, I think, in the history of illustration. Um, but when he, Brad Holland started doing his famous work, I'd say late 80s, maybe early 90s, uh, he had a lot of people that came along because it was, I think it was a fairly easy style to mimic. And a lot of people kind of came on board just because it was kind of the flavor of the month and i don't see those people working again brad holland's still doing great work mm -hmm. by the way um Original. yeah the og because yeah. it was him it was authentic and so you kind of mm -hmm. gotta the other people like they sort of mimicked him they did that was safe for them at the time there was a certain security in that in doing if you did brad holland back then you got work yeah. and and it was safe like hey i'm a professional illustrator here's what professional illustration looks like and then the styles changed and they maybe couldn't keep up or it would, didn't really work i see the same thing by the way this is a cautionary tale for you guys uh the clock is ticking I know where you're going on i know where 
John Klassen and Carson Ellis. There is, there's probably 20 working illustrators. And by the way, they're good. I don't want to say they're not good because they are, but there's like 20 people that are kind of mimicking, at least mimicking them. And I see them more to and more us. And more it and looks more. like they're like mimicking. Yeah. So, and and what's so the clock is ticking to, to them. Maybe they don't see it. He, no, here's what we'll say. Uh, when you see a children's book from the eighties, I don't even have to, you don't even have to ask like what, what decade is this children's book from? You just know, looking at that illustration style, oh, this is from the eighties. Same thing from the 70s, mm-hmm. same thing from the 50s and the 60s. Sure. And this John Klassen style is the style of the time. And so, um, yeah, if you want to get work in this decade, that's what art directors are, are hiring. But if you want to get work the next decade, you've got to be able to either do something fresh and new that's unique to you or change with what mm. the tastes are wanting yeah. for the next decade and change for yourself too um yeah the 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 clock is ticking on that style once once i started piecing it together i had gone through i was looking at instagram and like 15 of the first images looked like the same artist and were all different artists yeah. but it looked like it was yeah. from the same one i was like oh my god what is happening and that's kind of why i went in this other style too not, not intentionally but it's sort of a reaction against that style which is it's very specific so just you got to be careful interesting What's interesting too is knowing John Klassen. Um, I've known for his works since early two thousands or mid two thousands, probably, mm-hmm. uh, because we did an anthology together. He did a, a comic in the flight anthologies, right? And I noticed, okay, he's got a little bit unique, different style than all the other comics in this thing, and and I I was like, this guy, this guy is definitely onto something. He's good and. And then he transitioned into children's book illustration. I was like, oh, it's perfect. It's a perfect fit. And then, so he started out being like outside of the box of what everybody else was doing with the comics, with illustration. He had this unique style and it, that style won awards. It it was published in books and now it's sort of, yeah, it's, it's trickled it's, down. It's like, uh, you know, it's like a, uh, gravitational force right once you have a big enough gravitational force other objects are pulled into the orbit around it and so that's mm-hmm. i think that's what's happening here is he's the sun mm-hmm. and you've got all these other artists who are just pulled into that orbit because of the, the gravitational force not just because his style is so cool but it's the style everybody wants yeah and Car- carson else is the same way and I, I will add that one other little essential ingredient to that is the style isn't technically hard to grab onto I mean, if you wanted to imitate, say, say, for example, that artist that I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, Alejandro Casagnet, if you, mm-hmm. if he was that son, the gravitational force, and you said, hey, I'm going to, I'm just going to do that. Well, you got 10 years of work to mm-hmm. catch him because <laughs> it's so hard. Yeah. You're saying, you're saying <laughs> yeah. uh, style is a little easier to ape. Absolutely. As, yeah. as was Brad Hollins, not to take anything away from it, because I think John's a genius and I think Carson Ellis is also a genius and yeah. I don't, I don't worry about them having a long career at all. I think no. they're visionaries. Yeah. I love the work. Uh, anecdotally, um, I kind of, you know, it's a long story that I won't get into, but I became friends with Brad Holland and we were out to eat one night and I asked him, why are there people getting into CA magazine in the illustration annual and in society of illustrators with your style <laughs> point blank? And he said, Oh, it's quite simple. 
because they because on those uh, competitions it's a blind jury. They think it's me, is what he said. Oh my goodness! <clears throat> they think yeah. they're putting my work in there, and I'm like, that's weird because I can tell the difference. Oh yeah. And he's like, yeah, it's, I, it's I can tell too, but they can't. And they'll come to me later and and, and apologize. <laughs> and say, I'm so sorry. I thought that was yours, you know. Yeah. It's just too late now. That's good. Yeah. Let me bring up another side of that. So we talked about the fear or the reluctancy to change out of fear of not getting enough likes or sort of acceptance. But let's talk about the other side of that. Um, when pe- What about when people need to change, but they won't? Like, for example, somebody not getting any work or getting the kind of work they want. How do they change? Um, do you think they should change or do you think they should remain true to their vision? Um, that's a, it's a, that's a, what we've been talking about more so in my opinion is, is problems that, that mid career illustrators have maybe beginning illustrators a little bit, mainly mid and upper career illustrators because we get comfortable. But, um, what about people who are just entering and they, they're not getting the kind of work they want. They should change probably, but they don't, um, mm-hmm. should they remain true to what they're doing and just, just stick it out or what mm-hmm. do they do? That's a really good question. Here's here's the question you need to ask yourself. Do I want to get work from a particular industry? Um, and if so, am I willing to change my style to fit what that industry wants? Or am I content on building my own personal like following, my mm-hmm. own fan base, and willing to kind of do the, the, the extra work, the hard work that it's going to take to figure out how to monetize a following, um, which is you go into not just being an artist, but also being a business person as well. Mm-hmm. And so if you're, if, if you're completely content to not worry about ever getting a freelance job and just focusing on, I'm going to build this fan base based on this style, then you don't need to change anything because there's enough people in this world. And because the internet mm-hmm. gives access everybody access to you then you'll find an audience it might take 10 years it might take one year depending on how appealing your style is and how good you're at having people find you Um, but if you're wanting to get work from a major publisher or a major animation studio or video game company you know having john classen's portfolio and trying to get a job at blizzard to work on (laughs) overwatch isn't going to work you're going to have to change your style Mm -hmm. I always say that when you, whenever you can remain true to your style, no matter how weird or obscure it is, as long as you're not trying to sell it. Yeah. yeah. But the second you say, hey, I'm a professional and I need to work within these boundaries, now all of a sudden you have said, you know, there, it, your work is going to be for sale in some form. And that means mm-hmm. it has to fit somewhere. And all of a sudden there's the rules change just a little bit. So a lot of people have the the style argument coming from a fine art perspective where you can literally make anything you want. But then they're talking about illustration where you can't make anything you want. Right. It has to be bought by somebody. You could have dumb desires. You could want to make <laughs> ugly kids for children's books. Like that could be your thing. I just love making kids mm-hmm. like that are ugly and you know, wearing, yeah. wearing leather biker clothes and stuff. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's actually, yeah, if you're doing horror images and you want to be a children's book illustrator, you know, it's not going to work. Right. I was actually thinking about this, like, uh, <laughs> on my run yesterday morning, I was like, I'm here in Arizona. I got to establish myself. Um, I need to, it's not time for me right now to, to put time and energy into 
a project that's not going to make money. I need to be working on something that's going to going to make money. And I started thinking about, you know, ancestors of mine who came across the ocean, established themselves here, you know, what was the first thing they planted? Did they plant flowers or did they plant vegetables? <laughs> right? Yeah, that's good. They, yeah. They they wanted flowers and flowers are great to have, but in order to survive and in order to like establish themselves, they planted an actual vegetable garden. They planted crops, they planted corns so that they could feed themselves, they could make money selling those things. And then once they had that sort of established, they could do as many flower gardens as they wanted. And uh and 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 you know, to to take the analogy even further, um, you could take those if your flower garden is beautiful enough, you could then take your flowers to the marketplace and sell those as well. But it's hard to sell flowers when someone's hungry. You know, they're gonna want to buy you know a barrel of apples before they buy a bouquet of flowers and you, and if you're an artist who wants to really the the, the core thing here is if you want to stay in the game as long as you can you have to figure out a way to make money and maybe for you making money is doing something completely non-art related that allows you to have your flower garden allows right. you to have this own style and do whatever you want to do with it uh, but if you want to make money with your art, you're going to have to sort of lean and bend and plant that crop of corn. Yeah, and that's an and important distinction it. to make. I think a lot of people don't really think about it that logically, but that's a that's a great way to say it. Mm-hmm. All right, so as we get as we um, get towards the, what they call it in, in podcasting, top of the hour or the bottom of the hour. Which one are we going towards? <laughs> I'm trying to be a good host. Does it, as we wrap up to the that, bottom of the hour, I want to give some. That doesn't that doesn't apply to podcasting because we're not. <laughs> Set to a time that was because know, if you an hour. <laughs> okay fine as, as we <laughs> as we get to the top or bottom of the hour um, as we get to the end of the show end of the show I want to talk about some some usable things here um, and you, okay you guys can chime in as we go through these things so um, I'm going to mention two uh, um, different kind of personalities as it as it relates to change. And then I'm going to go through just the worst Google search ever on how to change. It was the first thing that came up and we can either <laughs> talk about it or not or agree with it or not. Um, but the first thing that I want to talk about is um, just the idea that you guys uh, and we all are not one thing, despite the labels that we put on ourselves, you know, whether you define yourself as a mom or a jock or a skater or, or, you know, an, il- an illustrator who renders or whatever it is, you are not just one thing. You you can change whatever that is. And I just want to make that yeah. point very, very clearly that you are not that thing. And typically you're the one that boxes yourself into that thing. So you can let go of that real quick. Um, go go watch go watch the Iron Giant. You're not a gun. You could be Superman <laughs> if you want. <laughs> that was the perfect Jake Parker thing to say right there. <laughs> um, uh, so there's two 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 personalities. Um, again, there's there's the supercharged changer. I think that's like me and Jake. And then there's a little bit more reluctant changer. So it's kind of the rabbit in the hair idea there. I guess by default, For, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> Although that, there's a continuum there. It doesn't have to be one or the other. <laughs> but you got to figure out where on that scale you 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 end. The the. Well, let me, can I interject interject right there? Yeah, I think sure. the reason you and me are is for parts of our career, we actually worked for studios, mm, um, whether it's, you know, whatever it is, whether it's video games or editorial or, or um, uh, animation or anything like that, you, 
they want a particular style and there's a style for each project and you've got to you've got to uh, evolve or or fit your style to work with that so it's true you do have to you do have to be malleable in that way that that other people don't it's a good it's a good point um for the quick change, robust personality that changes quickly, um, one of the easiest ways to change is, like we talked about, creating an alter ego of who you are now and just make that person the person who you want to be. Um, but the, here's the, the caveat is you don't want to go too crazy. Um, an example of that is when I started working out, well, I'll give you another, another example. Two of my, my friends, about once every six months, they realize they need to be in better shape. And so they mm-hmm. go from being out late and drinking and, and eating whatever they want to, to the very next day. It's like, I'm at the gym. At, we're, we're going to the gym <laughs> at 4 a.m. and we're going to eat lettuce all day. And literally they have this ingredient, you know, this recipe for their supercharged healthy life. And it is just way, way, way too much. Mm. And mm-hmm. that's the danger for the supercharger is that you think from, you know, from today to tomorrow, I'm a completely different person and you have to be careful of that. So when I started getting in shape this year, my was one of my new year's resolutions. My only alter ego to myself was I want to be the guy that's in the gym. And what I mean mm-hmm. by that is when, when people show up every day at, you know, at my, my morning hours or when I go, I just want them to say, Hey, there's that guy again. I'm not the guy who's lifting the most weight or the best in shape or whatever, but I'm there. Mm-hmm. That's the only requirement that I had. Yeah. And, um, and it was good. That was perfect for me because there was no outcome other than I'm just there. <laughs> and I avoided that, that quick change. So you got to be careful of over committing if you're the rapid, um, changer. Um, that's actually huge. That's, that's one of the things they say for like quitting smoking. You don't tell people, I'm quitting smoking or, or, you know, I'm, I'm trying to quit smoking. You say, Oh, I'm a non-smoker. Yeah. And just saying mm. that, just describing yourself that way and thinking of yourself that way. Then you think, Oh, a non-smoker won't smoke this cigarette. So why am I lighting up? I guess I shouldn't do mm-hmm. this. You know, it's all about how you, so frame, I've been trying th- you frame yourself. Right. Yeah. I've been trying that too. And, and I used to think, Oh, I'm no good at business or I'm no good at finances. And now I tell myself, no, you're you're a business person, Jake. You draw and you also do business person. And even though I'm no good at it, <laughs> I still hey, I you- still tell myself and it gets me it gets me in that zone and it gets me doing things that I normally wouldn't do. Sure. Well, and I- do you guys want to know my business name, by the way? I've got names for all these people. <laughs> what is it? JP Moneybags. <laughs> mm. <laughs> JP Moneybags for me. is really good. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I have That's awesome. I have a lecture that I give called uh, Craftsman and versus Creator, and mm-hmm. uh, when we're in school, we're, we we pick a major. We pick we pick graphic design, or we pick illustration, or we pick industrial design, or we pick photography, or whatever. And we tend to identify that becomes that the label or that the frame that we give ourselves. Right. Well, I can't do what the graphic designers are doing because I'm not authorized. I'm I'm the illustrator. I can't, I'm not as good as taking, at taking pictures. And in, in some ways it's, it's, there's probably some benefits to it because you have your, your group, your, you know, your amigos and and the people that you hang out with and you feel camaraderie and you're all in it together, but it ends up becoming a limiting frame over time. I think it becomes unhealthy over time. And I think a better way to frame yourself is as an artist or a creator, someone who, makes things because then you mm. you can branch out of the, the the little pigeonhole that you've started out in master that one mm-hmm. but then 
don't be afraid to to pick yourself to do other right. things. You know. You guys know who Chris Spolin is? No, doesn't ring a bell. He's an illustrator. Um, he was part of my MFA studies. He's one of the teachers there, um, mm-hmm. and he came and spoke. And he was an illustrator. If you just Google him real quick, he's doing. He just had a show this past weekend. Just brought it up. What Will was just saying. That's all these crazy sculptures that are i don't want to say steampunk but maybe influenced I'm, i don't know i'm not educated enough in that style to to pick out what he's doing but there's all these just oh, wacky cool. sculptures and they're so cool and it's so different than he was doing in his early in his career o-l-l-e-n like pollen yes pollen yeah great point well that's a great point but he did that and he's totally changed and he he did he started working for movie studios making props Actually, after he started yeah, doing all this stuff, you so. can, you you you've got to. Um, I mean, what do you want to do, and then do it. Yeah, that brings us to hey, that's a perfect segue to my, my eleven steps to changing, um, and we'll we'll see if we agree with these or not. These are again the lazy man's list. Uh, we have to disagree. That's part we of will the, disagree. That's part of the, the podcast. Right? <laughs> well, I think we're going to disagree with the list. There's already two that I totally don't agree with. Oh. Um, understand the change. Figure out if it's what you want and where it's coming from. So I guess the first thing is just kind of a self-analysis. I'm on board with that. Yeah. Kind of yeah. got a self-analysis and see see why, what you're reacting at. For, for me, that big change in, in style was was just having too many little details to clean up in books and, and then Jake asking me to do something new. And so that was where the impetus came from. So you got to figure out where it's coming from and what you want to do. Um, number two, figure out if it's possible. I don't disagree. I sort of disagree with that one because I don't see what would – I mean, I couldn't play in the NBA. If my dream was to be an NBA basketball player, I couldn't do it. So I guess – there's some limiter there. Mm. Um, yeah. And sometimes you have to I, do it in order to find out dude. if it's impossible. Yeah. I don't like that one. Figure out if it's, um, like do you, you like that, that one as, as being number two? Find that out after you've gone down that road. So you said, yeah. So you would s- it be if the number one draft pick next year was a 50 year old, <laughs> five, five, foot five, foot, <laughs> five foot seven white dude. <laughs> Oh my gosh, my whole life would change. I w- we would move to start studying the NBA skills. <laughs> um, all right, yeah. So I guess I guess that Will's got a good point. Is is kind of going down the road. If 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 you do run into too many walls, maybe you don't enjoy it, or maybe it's just really won't be possible, or maybe it's not possible right now. So I, I'll come back on board a little bit. Um, be honest about yourself was number three. I hate that one because that boxes you back in to what you think about yourself. Yeah. I think you can you can really change. You're trying to expand you your definition of yourself. Yeah. Oh, I can't do it. I'm just a stay-at-home housewife. If that's what you think, then that's what you're going to be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You gotta you gotta change that. So I hate that one. Who wrote number this? Three. This was literally the first step. It's the wiki how list that comes with the I never I look at be too wiki judgmental. How. The worst, I hate them. yeah, the the worst illustrations. Um, Should be wiki how not to. <laughs> the illustrations there. Please pay a better illustrator for those. Um, anyway, number four, write down your outcome. I do love that. Or write down where mm. you're going. I love that. Number yeah, five. I think that's good. Yeah, it's a good one. Solid. Number five, find some role models, learn and mentors, and learn from the best. And that is an important step. And I should add to that one: look to the past. Uh, don't just look at John Klassen and Carson Ellis. Those are the people that are currently doing it. For this change that I'm making to to the to where I'm going, and I don't know where it's headed, but like I said, Rauschenberg, Rothko, and then I'm looking even back farther than that. Like go 
study from dead people. That's my recommendation there. It's a big world and it's not just what's on, you know, the top card, what's at the top of your Instagram feed. Find some role models. It does not have to be the people from right now. I do think finding mentors is good. At SVS Learn, there's a lot of um, community that you can be a part of there and mentors and role models. So check that out. Immerse Mm -hmm. yourself in that community. That's kind of where I was going there. Uh, Mm -hmm. You do need to be a part of, you need to see what's part of that scene. So like, as I go down this path, I'm starting to look at, oh, maybe I do want to do some gallery stuff. In the past, I have not liked galleries because I don't like their business model, but I actually found a loophole there, um, which I'll share with you guys at some other point. Um, you have to, you know, immerse yourself in that community. What, who's, who's making that lifestyle work and how are they going about that lifestyle? What are they doing? What's the steps that they're doing? Um, so immerse yourself in that community. This is, do you guys agree with that one? Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think make friends, make friends who are doing the things you want to do. Yeah, so. that's perfect. That, that leads us to the next one. Get an accountability partner. Find somebody else who's maybe starting the same thing or somebody else who's just, you know, just beginning their path. And, and that's, a, that's a best case scenario, whether it's with art or you're wanting to lead a healthier lifestyle and work out or whatever you want to do. Uh, getting an accountability partner is fantastic. And if anything, it's somebody to share the successes with and it's somebody to sh- share the difficulties and the hardships with because there's going to be those things and it's better to it's better to share and i don't know why uh you know misery loves company but you know when you run into a wall it's great to have somebody else say hey i got i I wrote a children's book and it got a rejection letter too Mm -hmm. there's just something nice about that Mm -hmm. so i do agree with that um write down tangible goals for weekly and monthly progress that one i 100 percent agree with because you have to make um consistent small changes over time. You guys agree with that one? Tangible goals. Yeah. There's actually a, a book that I am. It's next in my queue, but I've been, I've been following this author a lot Mm -hmm. and I kind of know the gist of it and it's called atomic habits. And the thing there is if you really want to change yourself, change who you are, some of these things we talked about are, are steps, but other things are you find one, small thing that you could change it could be like making your bed every day mm-hmm. and what that does is it has a ripple effect it's like well now i'm a person who makes my bed every day so now i could start cleaning up another part of my life right so uh yeah so i think definitely goal setting having small goals medium goals large goals um but i think what's more important um than that is instead of being goal oriented be um what is it instead of outcomes worry more about systems right so process so a process mm-hmm. right so um instead of thinking well by the end of the year i want to have a children's book made so i've got to you know work on this children's book every day just think oh from eight o'clock 8 a.m to 12 noon I'm just going to work on a children's book. I don't care how far I get. I don't care what I get done. And if you become a person who for four hours every morning works on a children's book, you're going to have a children's book done by the end of the year. It's, yep. it's just a natural byproduct yeah. of being a person who, who shows up every so, day. So, you know, I think you know another I'm way to chipping away on my book, I made yeah. an outline and I had, uh-huh. um, I have about 80 topics that I'm writing on and they're, Okay. Some of them are part of a ch- part of chapters. 
-hmm. So the, you have the chapter headings and the topics that are going within each chapter all organized. Mm -hmm. And then, um, every day I write, I have to write at least one of those topics. I could do one or two. Okay. Oh, that's great. I should have it done by the end of the summer. I can't, I'm so stoked that you're doing that. That's perfect for this episode. I did, was not aware you were doing that, but that's, that's perfect. But I mean, like, Um, like I knew I had been, so I've been procrastinating this for the last two to three years. I've wanted to do so it's this. been percolating a little bit yeah and i i've heard you talk about this book before it, yeah. it's, the, I, 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 it's the book yeah it's that one okay never mind but i guess i i that. should bring up something that, that brings up an interesting little side note that i was thinking about is that these images that i'm making now too that lean much more abstract and stuff i'm i mentioned that to jake two years ago i mean so i yeah. wonder if these little things percolate and they kind of give you nudges Mm-hmm. Well, and then at some point you're like, okay, I got to do it. You know, no, lot, you got to pay attention to that. A lot of people know from watching my YouTube or from social media and stuff that, that my wife recently passed away. And that was, that was the change that I needed to get going on this. I, wow. I needed a project to work on, um, at home or whenever I was, you know, felt the need to work on something and uh, to keep busy and it was something that I had talked about with her and it's something that I am like okay you're never going to do this if you don't just start so make a plan and 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 figure out how much time it's going to take figure out like break it into chunks because you know having never done this before to think about doing it was monumental but I'm like wait a minute I I started my own YouTube channel and I have over 200 videos now and I didn't set out to make 200 videos. I didn't say, you know, when I'm going to make this channel, I'm going to make 200 videos. But, but years later I have, you know, 200 videos on different topics. (coughs) And, um, so yeah, it, I think that's, that's one way of doing it. When you said that Jake, it kind of brought that back, which is Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. set, how you're going to do, I didn't set myself a time. But I did set mm-hmm. myself a time in that it's daily, mm-hmm. right? It's a daily account. I should, I should add that I that I never got into the other personality. I talked about the quick adapter, but for the slow and conservative kind of adapter, um, that is my recommendation too. Is that um, come up with a list and just slowly implement them, like exactly what Will's saying there. Um, you have to, otherwise you won't go forward. Um, and mm-hmm. so it's a, it's a good good way to do it. Yep. Um. Okay. Uh, number nine, evaluate your changes and modify your goals as necessary. That's a really important one is to not just blindly go down the path and like, you know, just <laughs> like a bull in a China yeah. shop. You got to kind of do something, say, did I enjoy that? Did it work for, did it fulfill the need that I want? And then, and then adjust it. And, and it's a constant state of adjustment. And so, being comfortable knowing that, that, that it's not just a, a set path and that it's going to be, it's going to move and meander kind of around. There's a comfort mm-hmm. in that, in knowing that it's going to do that. Cause I think some people make the path, something gets in the way and they're like, well, I guess I didn't do it. I guess I didn't stick to it. Yeah. And you gotta, you gotta tell yourself just because past me set this goal, past me didn't know what I know now. And you might realize, Oh, this is not really something I want mm. anymore. I want this other thing. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, I think that's fine too. You know, if you're changing every week, uh, maybe that's not good. Right. Maybe it's <laughs> spinning wheels. But if you if you get far enough down the road where you're really educated and you realize, 
you know, okay, maybe gallery painting isn't for me. Uh, I don't like all this other stuff that comes along with it that I didn't know about going into this. Uh, it's okay to shift gears right. and do some, do something else. Yep. Totally true. Um, we'll wrap this up pretty quick. Um, accept and be happy with your successes. This is an important thing. It's a weird thing in society that somehow you're allowed to complain about stuff and it's okay for people to be miserable, but it's not okay to sort of like give yourself the props and the pat on the back. Uh, there's this weird egotistical thing. I noticed this first in dis in golf and disc golf, by the way, is that p when people are having a bad round, they're first to say, man, I'm terrible. This is awful. I am playing so poorly. They hit some genius, amazing thing shot and there's, and then they, there's no emotion. And once I saw that and saw the pattern, I was like, you know what, I mean, if I can get down about the bad stuff, I'm going to be supercharged by the good stuff. So if I hit something good, I'm going to rub it in your face. Oh, so you're saying, yeah. <laughs> so it's the, it's the avoiding the appearance of being braggy. Is that? Yeah. Everybody's just scared to like say, like I kicked ass today. I want to be able to say that if I'm going to get down on myself when the, when, you know, when I fail at something, I'm, I, I want to at least be okay with celebrating the things that I did. Yeah. I think you could celebrate without bragging. Like, oh, absolutely. Like, I'm not saying you got to you got to crush. Well, he it. can't though. Yeah, he when can't we, be when like we played disc golf. He rubbed it in my face pretty good. I did not. Well, that's <laughs> I did not. That's Hey, that's how Lee celebrates. You can't knock him for that. Okay? Teach their own. Now I understand. No, but I think if you if you're like at me, it was it, you were just happy in general. Right. <laughs> but you could celebrate. You could be like, "Okay, if I achieve this certain thing, then I get to have something I've been withholding my, you know, from myself. Sure. Um, it might be like a Cinnabon. Or, <laughs> and those successes and, can be small. You don't have to win the yeah. Olympics to, to celebrate. Mm -hmm. You don't have to sell a children's book to celebrate. You know, if you got in the gym and, and worked out for 30 minutes and did okay, come back and be happy with yourself. Right. Right. I actually see this thing. It's not bragging, but I see people, uh, there's a younger generation on Twitter, which is very much good about celebrating their wins. And, and they'll say, you know, Hey, for the first time in my life, I've been able to, uh, this is one girl in particular, she said, for the first time in my life, I've been able to make enough money in a year where I can go spend money on stuff that isn't like a, a necessity. So today I'm buying new couch pillows right awesome. you don't need new couch pillows but it's a nice nice to have thing and so she just wanted to talk about that and and i congratulated her on there i thought that was great you know and that was a way of not saying hey i killed it this year i made x amount of dollars it's just like right. hey i am happy for this thing that i've been able to do and i think that's i think that's fine that's a perfect perfect way to put it um number 11 this is the last one and then i'll have one last thing to say um is once you okay. do get those successes Go ahead and make new goals and keep 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 going. It's not just a one time thing and then and then you get there and then it's it's sort of over. You gotta keep um up in the bar. And that mm -hmm. kind of segues me to my last thing is that understanding that change and learning things is in a, is processed in a different part of your brain and sometimes that hurts it's uncomfortable um there's a study if you guys um are in, I'm always interested in learning and how people learn best and how they learn just in general and when you're learning a new skill, they strapped all these electrodes to people's brains, and there's a whole different part of working. Like when you're learning something, all these neurons are firing and all these things are happening, and it's a struggle. It's a conscious struggle because you don't know what you're doing, and it's actually hard. That's why if you take a new class, you'll be fatigued at the end of it typically. Well, later, that once they put those same electrodes on a master, people, somebody who's been doing it for a long time, it's a completely different part of the brain because they've 
they've already taken care of all that stuff and it becomes a relaxing experience. And mm-hmm. so it's just important to, to, to point that out that how something feels in the beginning is not how it's going to feel ultimately, but you may feel that discomfort um, and you just got to keep kind of moving forward and being okay with that. Case in point, I could not paint for more than an hour or two when I was in school. And I, mm-hmm. I'm, I've done a painting now that took me over a hundred hours. And I, I, I used to be scared um, mm-hmm. in school that I couldn't, you know, sit in the seat and just and keep working on something. So that's that, that's an illustration of how you will change. Yeah, that's time. perfect. Yeah, I mean it, it's true. I, I'm in the same boat with writing. I'm not a great writer, and I'm, I struggle with it. I'm learning, and man, after after three hours, I am exhausted. <laughs> Um, yeah. all right. That's gonna, that's gonna wrap us up. Uh, Jake, you want to take us out? Let's do it. Is there anything else you guys wanted to add? Change. Uh... Okay. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Everybody. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Three point perspective is made possible by svslearn.com where becoming a great illustrator starts. Uh, and your hosts today have been Will Terry. Uh, you can find his work at willterry.com. Follow him on Instagram at willterryart over there uh lee white lee white illustration.com and you can follow him on instagram and see those new antonio blanco paintings <laughs> uh it's at lee white illo and i'm jake parker my website's mr jake and you can follow me on instagram at jake parker uh the podcast is edited by alex sug uh you can follow his work or, or contact him to edit your own podcast at alex sug with two g's.com Show notes by Tanner Garlic, and you can find his work at tannergarlicart.com. If you like this episode, please share it around. Uh, subscribe to it on iTunes and, and leave a review. We'd love that. Or subscribe to it on whatever podcasting app you like to use. Uh, that'd be great. Um, but, but in the reviews, we'd love to hear what you think, what's working for you, what isn't working for you. We, we read them from time to time. Uh, not every day. I'm not reading these every day, but yes, you are. <laughs> I pop in, I pop in and check in on them. Um, maybe we should start highlighting some of our favorite reviews. Yeah, we'll do that next time. Okay. I'll make a note of that. Um, if you're wanting to join in on this particular discussion on change and how change has affected you, or you've got questions on how to change, we have uh, posted this episode in its own thread on the svslearn.com forum, which is free to join. It's a great community of artists there, all supportive and helpful and backing each other up. So chime in over on that thread and let us know your thoughts. And that's it for today. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye.